0: hunter and also a special little surprise thing i am joined by uh the this was rad co-host greg moberg here today filling in for alex
1: greg how are you doing i'm doing well steve thanks for having me i I appreciate it i love the podcast so i'm uh, I'm thrilled i thank you for
0: stepping in on such very short notice Uh, i know you are busy with your own podcast and so coming in and watching a three-hour movie about Vietnam, uh, I'm sure that took, a, took some toll on your time.
1: Well, actually, uh, it worked out well because my, my wife, uh, who's very much kind of averse to movies in general, she's, she's not a big film person, she's more of a book person, but she is, much like you and I, kind of captivated by best pictures, so oh. we actually, over the course of two nights, watched this film together which is a very rare treat for me to be able to sit down with my wife and watch a movie so
0: yes. it, it worked and out
1: better than i uh than i thought it would so
0: yeah. well that's fantastic i'm sorry that the movie you had to watch was the deer hunter <laughs> uh, also known as that russian roulette film uh i'm sure there like perhaps maybe terms of endearment would have been a better choice for uh for a date night best picture but regardless um, yeah it could have been could have been a little bit better but uh, yeah <laughs> Absolutely. So uh, I mentioned before, you are the co-host and I assume co-founder of This Was Rad. That's correct. Another podcast that you can find on Podbean and on iTunes, and I assume where
1: all great podcasts live.
0: What is that for our audience out there?
1: Well, we, uh, my, my friend Paul and I, we, uh, we were sitting around, we were trying to think of podcasts, and we were like, hey, what if we force your 13-year-old daughter to watch stuff that we thought was cool? And we ran it by Willow, and Willow said, that sounds like a terrible idea. And we were like, yeah, okay, yeah, no, that's perfect then. So we, f- we force a, a now 14-year-old girl to watch, like, Predator, um, Heathers, Dune, Krull, um, Back to the Future, just anything that we thought was great and, uh yeah spoiler alert she hates everything, <laughs> so uh but yeah that's 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 what we do uh we, you know and and so we we see how the movie's held up for us, and we see what somebody who now, just by the fact of being fourteen, has a way more advanced sense of how media should be given to people than we did you know thirty years ago. Um, which, right. which, uh, so like for, for sort of a, a, an example is the lost boys. Um, you know, Paul and I loved that movie when it came out and we still think it's great. And Willow, uh, her complaint was, well, yeah, but the vampires are just like bad, evil, faceless monsters. That's boring to me. Like why, 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 why don't there, why isn't there character development? Why aren't there more, more, uh, deep characters? The vampires are very one note to her. Because so, it was the eighties, 80s, 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 well, yeah, yeah. It's like no, they're they're just a stand-in for the boogeyman. It's like it's like it's like Jason yeah. Voorhees or Freddy Krueger. They're just like mindless bad guys with nothing to them. But but I guess I guess to kids these days, which I can say, kids these days, they uh, they want a little more from their movies, which is actually kind of awesome to hear. I guess in a in a way,
0: in a way. But at the same time, when Willow likes License to Drive, of I, all the movies, I don't understand. And- and doesn't really like predator you start to you you just start to wonder you start to wonder about paul's uh parenting skills like
1: (laughs) (laughs) i don't know about that i think i think i I think willow is just a a special unique kid and uh i i I gotta say she easily has the best jokes because she puts up with none of paul and i's guff and she shuts us down real hard (laughs) like yep oh man yeah
0: in a in, in a in a recent episode, I believe you went into
1: detail about how
0: Willow is excellent at using the word no. Oh yeah. So, so here's a four part question. No. Well, all right then.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly. So, okay.
0: so it is. This was rad. podcast. Yep. This, this uh, was rad. So I was right in saying you could find it at uh, thiswasradpodbean.com. dot com.
1: Yeah, I, I believe it's thiswasrad.podbean.com. dot podbean dot com. We're on all the social media stuff. We're on Facebook, Instagram. Twitter, we th- this was rad at at all of them. You can yes. find us anywhere. Yeah, we'd love reviews on iTunes. That would be great. They're fantastic,
0: and also people, I love reviews on iTunes too. So come on, yes. help us both out. Uh, and you are about your over fifty episodes in. Fifty two,
1: fifty. We 52? just recorded uh, fifty two. We are doing 53 this weekend. We're doing like a special live event at Paul's house with like a whole bunch of people. And we're going to watch the film Rad live. Oh, you you found it? We tracked. Yeah, yeah. The film Rad is very hard to track down. And by that, I mean you have to physically order a copy from Amazon. That's my version of hard to track down. So (laughs) that's, yeah, we had to physically order a copy. And it wasn't even Prime, so we had to wait like a week for it to show up. (sighs) Oh, it was awful it was terrible. God. And but um yeah, it it showed up in time. We were worried it wasn't going to, but it did. So yeah, we we've got about I think 15 or so people we're going to live uh watch the film live and then immediately record an episode with a very small audience. Oh, I am so looking forward to that. So audience,
0: you should tune into that. But uh, I guess in the meantime, before you tackle Rad, you're going to be help tackling uh, something a little before the 80s and something that may, I don't know if you can call the deer hunter Rad, but that is what we are doing uh, in honor of the late Michael Semino. Uh, Camino, whose name I, I, I I'm going to stick with Semino. I have no I'm idea if that's right I'm going to stick with Semino too, uh, who passed away recently. We are, this is our special sort of tribute episode to his uh, Oscar-winning film about Vietnam the deer hunter and yeah so greg have you had you seen the deer hunter before this
1: i had um my my brother and i uh growing up um actually attempted to watch every best picture nominee um back when so this was in in the the late 90s we we did not get terribly wow. far uh sadly but we we this was one of the ones that that we had we had watched so yeah yeah i but i had not seen it since so it had been a good 20 years
0: wait every best picture nominee
1: no no i'm sorry every best picture winner that would that that would have been bananas if (laughs) we'd sorry no every best picture winner and um i think we we i don't know we made it through about 30 of them i think and then we just stopped right
0: there uh it's Some of them are surprisingly hard to track down, especially the older ones. Yeah, uh, yeah. Yeah, it's bad. Uh, I actually had a similar experience. I remember when I was 14, like ages 14 to like 16, I had a binder that I would print up from the Internet Movie Database way back in the day. I'd print up all of the uh, Academy Award, like all of the awards, all the nominees, and put them Year by year, and just go through and try and memorize all the who won what and who did this and and all that. And I too used my local video store to pick up the VHS version of The Deer Hunter and watched it. Uh, I don't want to say too young, but definitely I don't think, I think a lot of it went over my head and I didn't fully appreciate the themes that were on display at the time. And plus, it was also. A VHS copy, and it was like watching in the middle of the day, and not the best experience uh, for watching a film like this. I also so it, watched this
1: film on VHS. Yes. Yeah. Back there, two two VHSes, no less. Yes,
0: it was. It was. It was the it was the double set. Yeah. I was always very excited about those. Like, ooh, it's going to be a long movie. Yeah. And for some reason, I equated long movies with like epic and re- and supposedly good movies because a lot of the long movies I had seen like. Lords of Arabia were pretty fantastic.
1: It, well, it, it, it was in that era where, you know, you had these longer movies like, um, you know, The Godfather is, is the big one. That was when I was growing up. That was the one I always saw. And I was like, oh, two tapes. It's, you know, The Godfather and The Godfather 2, you know, two tapes. And um, was uh, Jeremiah Johnson, I think, was that two oh, tapes? Yeah maybe I don't know i know I'm, there's I know there's an intermission in that movie, but I don't remember exactly how long it is but yeah you you had this sort of the sort of like late seventies like when directors were kind of given this license to actually do a little more arty movies that were you know a little more self indulgent and very long uh, which yeah. movies are getting longer now, they chopped them way down in the nineties but like they're getting longer okay. and longer now
0: yeah and not necessarily for the better i i t- I think I tend to complain a lot about how the length of movies i
1: every movie i see i i feel like i say you could cut 15 minutes out of it at least yeah, uh, it's very
0: that's like uh, like honestly and i think i try try to make at least one reference to this every episode uh fury road i think is the perfect length it's it's one of the most perfect action movies and perhaps one of the most perfect (laughs) movies to come out and it's two hours there is no indulgence whatsoever involved it's just absolutely everything that belongs on screen is on screen and nothing that doesn't belong on screen is is on screen it's just i wish more people would take cues from that because some things are like well this movie doesn't need to be two and a half hours this book does not need to be split up and do three three hour movies etc cetera, etc cetera. it's it's yeah there's a lot of indulgence happening in Movies these days, and I, and honestly, I'm getting older. I don't have time to spend yep. all day at the movie. I certainly you you probably don't. You have a you have a kid. You have a job. Yep. There's, there's I have a, you know
1: my wife that I need to spend time with. You know what <laughs> I mean? Yeah. There's not a lot of time. I agree. Yes,
0: and um, yeah. So the deer and the deer hunter is three hours long, and uh, I will say it is very much like this could be a play i think it, to to get into a little little more specifics of the movie it's very much okay we're in the mining town we're in vietnam and then we're in the mining town again and then we're back in vietnam for a little little act 4 coda
1: yeah it's it, it's a um it's a film that has it very clearly has three acts in it where you have a a um <clears throat> a wedding and and then it ends with a funeral, and then you have Vietnam in the middle, and it's yes. and and each one of those is about an hour long, so you've got a you've got a three hour movie. <laughs> that's a that's a three hour movie, and it's about Nam. Uh, do you have a? Where does this stand, and
0: do you have a favorite Vietnam movie? got it's got to get that out of the way.
1: You know, when I was growing up, it was Platoon. That was like I, I thought that was like the greatest film of all time. Like through most of high school. And as I'm getting That's older, fair. I I think I've switched to Full Metal Jacket being the best uh, Vietnam okay. War movie. Fair enough. Uh, either way, you can't go wrong with either of those.
0: Yeah, I mean, you films. know, they're both fantastic.
1: Platoon is a is what eighty eight, I think, Best Picture winner. Eighty six. Eighty six. Eighty six. Okay. Eighty six. Yes, it's a yeah. I mean, that is that is a great movie, but. Um, yeah, yeah, full, full Metal Jacket, just like as as I, it's kind of like the older I get, it just gets kind of better, just ages better, I guess.
0: Mm. Uh, I haven't seen either in years. I remember thinking, uh, if it's among those two, I think I would pick Platoon, because Platoon is a more complete movie, uh, because much like Stripes, I tend to lose interest in Full Metal, metal Jacket when it actually gets to Vietnam. But the First half of uh, Full Metal Jacket is just insanely great. Now, and...
1: now, if 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 you're gonna say movies that take place in the Vietnam War that aren't necessarily about Vietnam, it's hands down Apocalypse Now.
0: Okay, yeah, that's yeah, that's
1: I. I some people say that's not a war movie because it's not really. You know what I mean? Like the war is like the right. backdrop, but um, and not not the Redux. The, the the original theatrical Apocalypse Now is probably my favorite movie of all time.
0: Damn, I wish we could talk about that, but unfortunately we have to talk about <laughs> Kramer versus Kramer
1: instead. Right? Yeah, because how the hell did that happen? But whatever, it's politics, I assume. Yeah, you know, I guess.
0: And of course, that's you know, like honestly, there's a case to be made for First Blood too.
1: Not ex- not necessarily yes. about
0: the v- movie uh, Vietnam War, but it's about the experience coming you know afterwards. You know, yeah, those big. I think in I think I think that was this was made around the same. time. First Blood was made around the same time. It was post Rocky, so it was probably seventy nine. Um,
1: I, I I know this because we only review movies on my podcast from nineteen eighty to nineteen ninety. First Blood is nineteen eighty. Really? Yeah. Jeez. I feel really old.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I, I like I, I I say that like all the time. And this I'm like, this movie came out when? Oh, you got to be kidding me. But First Blood, 1980. Okay. Yep. Still doing. And this was also, uh, and we'll we'll get into this, but the uh, 78, 79, that whole, like, post fall of Saigon, we have a lot of movies about people dealing with the aftermath of Vietnam. And we will get into one of the other ones that came out also in 1978 after this short little break. So do stick around.
1: And the winner is... The Deer Hunter.
2: Michael Delee, Michael Cimino, John Peberall,
0: and welcome back to the podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bugia, and with me, guest hosting this week, is Greg Moberg from This Was Rad Podcast, and we are talking The Deer Hunter, and right now we are talking about the movies the Deer Hunter had to defeat on its way to Oscar and Oscar watch glory. Greg, what were the other uh, nominees for Best Picture that year, if you would be so kind?
1: So this is uh, kind of nice because these are movies I have either seen or heard of, with the exception of one. I so, think
0: I know exactly which one you're talking about.
1: I bet you do. So we have, of course, The Deer Hunter was the, the, the winner, uh, also nominated that year, Midnight Express, uh-huh. the uh, Turkish prison film. Written by Oliver Stone. I didn't know that oh, before. I did not know it, that it,
0: either. But it, in hindsight, I'm go. that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I guess it kind of does. That was crazy, coked up. Oliver Stone. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so. that's, a, that's a phrase we use on our podcast, is a, a, a cocaine-fueled 80s script, because there's so many of them. Um, we have Heaven Can Wait, the uh, Warren Beatty film that was actually remade with Chris Rock, not, uh, yeah. well, I say not but too long true. ago. It was probably 10 years ago. Dead on uh, Earth, was it? Uh, something like that, yeah, but same, same premise. Guy dies, and they're like, oh, well, we'll send you back, but you're going to be in a different body and you can live your yeah. like remaining year or whatever out. Uh we've also got Coming Home which is uh John Voight, right?
0: Yeah, John Voight and Jane Fonda,
1: the uh, uh another another post Vietnam film, right? Yeah,
0: about uh the psychological, you know, I believe John Voight is a uh, he's a paraplegic and he falls in love with Jane Fonda who is married to Bruce Dern who is also over in Vietnam. Yeah, so there were definitely a lot of these kind of, I like. I think psychology was starting to recognize post-traumatic stress disorder and the effects of returning from a battlefield in the modern age, and so a lot of these movies were coming out. You have The Deer Hunter, you have Coming Home, you have stuff like uh, Oh, First Blood, for instance, uh, already mentioned, and yeah, I believe John Voight and Jane Fonda both won their respective acting uh categories Jane Fonda Best Actress John Boyd which Jane, John Voigt is uh odd because you don't think of him as Academy Award winning actor John Voigt, but sure enough totally was well
1: kind of Speaking- like you don't expect Christopher Walken <laughs> who who <laughs> won if I'm not mistaken Best supporting yeah. actor and uh, 100% rightfully so um yeah it's fantastic amazing and, well, yeah. before we jump too far ahead, the last movie, which you, I'm assuming this is the one is with you, An Unmarried Woman, I have never heard of, and I have never seen it. I looked up the plot, but um, it's basically about a woman who gets divorced, uh, kind of, I believe, not really her idea by her husband, and it's kind of her um, fall from grace and rebound and kind of, you know, getting back on her feet and back into society. Uh, it actually sounds kind of interesting, but I just... I, I've never heard it mentioned in like like you know books or anything or, or critic lists or anything. So, I'm I'm I unfamiliar with it.
0: Nor have I. And looking at this list of these movies, I am shocked with that. I because I believe an Un, Un, unmarried woman is a comedy of some sort. That's what that's the feeling I got from it. It has some. Maybe well, some...
1: Yeah, I mean, he- Heaven Can Wait is also kind of a weird one to get nominated because Heaven Can Wait isn't necessarily like a like a hilarious hilarious comedy but i mean it is it's got a lot of like funny parts to it i don't know it's maybe it's just me but i feel like it's always kind of these like hard-hitting emotional dramas that deal with like main characters and tons of pain right always seem to get nominated Um, i mean
0: i mean look at the other nominees you have nam movie uh and nam movie nam movie and a prison movie (laughs) turkish
1: prison um where, where, when you think you're about to get out, they add thirty years to your sentence, so you're forced to escape. Yeah, yeah. A <laughs> nice lighthearted romp for the family.
0: Yeah, and I, I think when did the Academy stop nominating comedies? I
1: mean, just the year before they gave Annie Hall the Best
0: Picture, and that's still today just absolutely hilarious. And did you uh, never. I, it it doesn't seem to happen. You I, have stuffy costume dramas and
1: other. Yeah. Genre. I think what was it um uh didn't Tom Jones win best picture and that's a that's another straight out comedy.
0: Yeah, that was back in 64. Albert, like Albert yeah,
1: Albert Albert Finney in his heyday. Um gosh,
0: Jesus, that guy's still around. Oh, my god. I know. Uh, so, I just I, I, we just cuz he's cuz he's British. The British yeah, will yeah. outlive us all. Absolutely. We just saw him in Ocean's 12 and man, that guy's just he's just fantastic. He, that's, that's class <laughs> act always. Class act. Right. But um we're not talking about we could we could talk about all those movies and all and all this stuff. We'll save that for another podcast. But are we are we going to do
1: a, a 3 hour podcast to go inside the 3 hour yeah. Deer Hunter film.
0: Act 1.
1: Yeah. Talking oh, nice. about all the other movies we we, we want to talk about in yeah, addition absolutely. to the Deer Hunter. Uh.
0: But uh okay, so the but the Deer Hunter okay, it won best picture. It also won uh best director for The director of Thunderbolt and Lightfoot, which I'm sure we could just make a podcast out of if we wanted to, Uh, the aforementioned supporting actor Christopher Walken, best sound mixing and best editing. I'm gonna, I may call some shenanigans Shenanigans on
1: on editing like crazy,
0: like in fact that's my first note, but we will get into that at the next section. But it was also nominated for best original screenplay. I believe the story was there was this screenplay about Russian roulette and they decided to turn it into a Vietnam movie so just right there that's like a that's a, that's a bang up job guys that's that's a real that's a real there's a real crowd pleasing <laughs> things to be talking about yeah geez. Uh best cinematography Robert De Niro got his third acting nomination he had won previously for Godfather Part 2 for supporting role even though I think he was the best in that oh, and yeah. also also, the very first of, like, tw- like tw- what is it, 17 uh, Academy Award nominations for Meryl Streep in one of her first major roles in a movie, and she just, she aced it you know it's it's so weird seeing young Meryl Streep I just I was like
1: what Did I know she's yeah. so young in this it's so it's so so weird for me because I'm used to you know you and I growing up in the 80s we used to seeing Meryl Streep like 10 years older than this like at the earliest <laughs> and yeah, it's, it's so yeah this is this is when she was really killing it though like you know she was doing like Silkwood and you know like
0: Kramer versus Kramer's Kramer T- oh, oh T- man choice Kramer versus Kramer yeah, she was in. Yeah, yeah. So she, uh, I did check. She was in in, uh, I think a seven-year period. She was in three of the seven best pictures. She was in this one, Kramer vs. Kramer, and Out of Africa too, and was in a bunch more that were nominated as well. So that's uh, that's the the pedigree of the Deer Hunter. It's also right now one of the ones one of the films that has won the most Oscars that we have talked about with five. Although. I can't wait to get to the ones that have won 13. Or yeah, I was going like to
1: say, you're, you're going to hit a couple that basically took, like, everything until the Academy realized they had to give a few Oscars to other films.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah,
1: But 1978
0: was also a pretty decent year for movies, especially if you're a genre fan. Holy crap. Uh, you got Halloween, nice. John Carpenter original, which, by the way, I saw John Carpenter perform. Like oh, all Oh,
1: you lucky, lucky oh, man. Dude, it was
0: fantastic. That's he was awesome. just awesome. Oh, it was just a great light show and played some of the the lost themes. He had his sons and his band up there. Oh, it's fantastic. You got Halloween. Greece, just a great musical. Uh first Superman movie. Which which honestly I never I never really liked Superman, but damn it, Christopher Reeve is the best i think uh
1: hands down that the 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 donner superman and what should have been richard donner superman to really understand superman yeah they 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 really understand that he's supposed to be the best of us that's literally his whole character
0: (laughs) yes and i'm sure we can go on to a big tangent about oh we uh, could uh, indeed (laughs) (laughs) but we will not today maybe later uh, the uh, National Lampoon's Animal House was out. Jaws two was that the one where the Jaws is seeking revenge? I, I
1: no, that's remember. that's not the one where Jaws magically uh goes down to the Florida Keys. <laughs> it tra- magically tracks the family down to the Florida Keys from New England. <laughs> yeah, no, Jaws two is garbage because my father was not in Jaws two; he was in Jaws oh, that- one oh that's right yeah. your
0: dad your dad was he just an extra or was, did he have an actual line I mean, no like,
1: he he didn't have a line but you can you cl- uh the camera follows him like getting up and running into the beach like you can clearly see him which is kind of neat but yeah no jaws 2 is is it's basically jaws one <laughs> where like <laughs> sheriff brody's telling everyone there's sharks and no one's believing him and then people get eaten by sharks and, like finally believe him. <laughs> it's the same movie <laughs>
0: You would th- you would think that you would think Brody would after the shit he went through have some credibility in matters of shark related
1: death. Yeah. Yeah. You you you'd think and and unfortunately it lacks Richard Dreyfus and and Robert Shaw so it's like it's really not oh, very good.
0: I don't know. Roy Scheider just carrying the whole thing.
1: I I, I love me Roy Scheider but I'm sorry. No. Yeah, you need you need you need the dynamic
0: of the other of the other two. Yeah. Uh, also Dawn of the Dead. Oh, man. Fantastic. See, this is a great, great genre wow. year. Like, holy
1: crap. Yeah, that is. Yeah, damn. Yeah,
0: uh, uh, Piranha, the original. <laughs> nice. Right. Uh, there was also The Last Waltz. Scorsese's great uh, documentary about the last Waltz the of the yeah, band. The band. Fantastic. Watership Down. Still oh. gives you nightmares. Yeah. Don't you show your kids. And, uh, also, uh, Perhaps There are a lot of animal movies, and this is probably my favorite animal movie, Every Which Way But Loose.
1: Oh, yes.
0: Clyde. Cla- classic. Nice. It's Funny Eastwood and a monkey. Like, come on, What man. else do you need? I, psh, psh, nothing. I don't think you need anything else. Oh, wait. You need a sequel. That's what you need. Every, yeah, I yeah. Got one. <laughs> yes, it did. Was it Every Which Way You Can?
1: Yes, it, yes, yes. Every, every Which Way You Can is correct. Uh, also, one of my favorite sort of weird movies, um, "The Boys from Brazil."
0: Oh yeah, with Gregory Peck.
1: Yes, yes, cloning, cloning Hitler. Yes. Oh, it's really an offbeat movie. Definitely worth your time. <laughs> just the concept of cloning Hitler, like like in 1978, sounds weird to you and kind of kind of intriguing. Just just do it.
0: Oh, that's fantastic. God. That you know that trope. Uh, I I hope that science fiction trope never dies. And people are always try to clone Hitler, and it always ends up badly. And we have to stop them. I think, I think that I think the world needs a Hitler to rally against. He's a great uniting force. Yeah, that is the only good thing I will ever say about Hitler. That <laughs> a bitch. we all we can all get behind that he's the worst. Just right. just the worst. God. Damn that guy! He's uh, he's
1: just terrible. Uh, All right, and so, that's uh, oh no, because you missed the oh, the the George Clooney classic Attack of the Killer Tomatoes. <laughs> also came out in seventy eight. Jesus Christ! Yeah, no, man, you're right. It's yeah, Up in Smoke seventy eight. Yeah, it was it was up, well. in, up in Smoke.
0: I, honestly, I will I will admit I never saw Attack of the K- Killer Tomatoes the movie, but I did see the cartoon. And the cartoon was fantastic.
1: Well, um, you know, uh, again, cartoons, the um, Rankin-Bass Lord of the Rings came out in 78. Oh, yeah. That's also true. Yeah. God damn. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's a heck of a year. Heck of a year. There was...
0: 76 through 78 because those are the we've actually these are the three years we
1: covered in the 70s were just fantastic they they were they were doing some good stuff well i think it's like um what what year did chinatown come out 75 so chinatown and jaws came out in 75 then star wars came out in 77 so you you started to see this. These were like the last Jaws specifically was the first Hollywood like blockbuster where mm-hmm. studios suddenly figured out like, oh, we can release this movie in the summer when kids are out of school and and it has a book and we can like merchandise it and stuff. And then Star Wars came out and they were like, oh, and we can also sell toys to kids like, oh, oh, this is, this is great. This is great. And once that, both of those films came out, it was like the beginning of the end of the second Hollywood golden age, which is why you see all these amazing movies and it slowly starts to dry up and you get a handful of really great movies rather than like, you know, these like, Oh, there's like 15 movies that are like cinema classics. It's like, just fantastic. Yeah. It's, it's Hollywood got very corporate and, um, you know, and then of course by the '90s everything was so consolidated that, and everything was focus group run and everything else. That yeah, yeah, yeah it's too bad. I mean, like like the Deer Hunter, you'd never get an equivalent Deer Hunter now. If someone was like, yeah, yeah. I've got a three hour movie, and the first hour is just uh, following people to work, and then a wedding, and that's it. <laughs> the first hour. would like, never happened? no it never happened never right. not not in a major studio like an independent certainly but no major studio would ever release that Yeah, def- yeah. the the nearest
0: um, modern uh, okay. modern thing I could think of that is somewhat relatable is um, the Hurt Locker which deals with some of the some similar themes but also is definitely I don't believe it's three it's three hours and mm-hmm. I don't think it gets perhaps as deep into it, and also it does not star Robert De Niro or Meryl Streep. But it stars, what's her face from Lost and Hawkeye. <laughs> Hawkeye, so, yes. <laughs> and you're, so you're kind of downgrading in the in the acting uh, arena there, but it's still a good movie, and I look forward to talking about it. It's it, it's it funny like you
1: you bring up Hurt Locker because that's actually what I, what this film uh, reminded me of. Um, watching it again was was Hurt Locker. It's funny we're both on the same page on that. Okay. Well,
0: I think that is an excellent time to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to dive right into all three glorious hours of The Deer Hunter. Stick around. It's time for Greg and I to dive right into, shall we say, go start hunting for the deer hunter.
1: Greg, overall,
0: tell me your thoughts on this film.
1: All right. Well, I'm always curious how I'm going to, much like my podcast that I do where I watch movies I haven't watched in a super long time. Um, I'm always curious now that I'm I'm older, you know, I, you and I both went to the same film school. Uh, together, um, uh, how, state. Yeah, now a university, college when we attended, but now it's a university. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's 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 always nice to to revisit and see like, oh, have I matured in my tastes? Have I, you know, what did I pick up on that I didn't pick up before? And now that I'm like married and have a kid and stuff, like so many things are completely different to me than than they mm-hmm. used to be. That that is a hundred percent, hundred percent correct and uh, yeah, so this movie I definitely got a lot out of it that I didn't before, but uh, this film does not need to be three hours long it not even close yeah. Yeah, 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 it's not. it is very self-indulgent um I get what what Michael Samino is going for here, where the first hour he wants to like make you part. Of this community, because the uh, for for those of you that are not familiar with the deer hunter, it opens up in a Pennsylvania steel town Mm -hmm. and you see these three friends. One of them's about to get married um, and he he and his two friends have all signed up for the army and they're all going to leave in like what, like like two days or something. It's not a lot.
0: Yeah. Like. they're getting married then they're going to go on a hunting trip like the night of the wedding or something like that and then they just join in the army yeah. So, yeah
1: so the first hour is just them like working getting out of work getting ready to go to the wedding go to the wedding the party after the wedding the hunting trip and then it's just like smash cuts to vietnam like <laughs> yeah. like it like it it's a real hard cut yeah. And and no, I no training montage. No, they don't,
0: you, you don't see them leave for the army. It's just oh, and now there's and now hel- and now a helicopter is just blowing up a village like, yeah, did I miss something? What's yeah, yeah,
1: here? yeah, a lot of that happens. Yeah. So it it I get it. I get what they're going for. And and it, it, to what you said earlier about how there that this feels like a play and uh, we were kind of knocking the editing because Semino just loves these very wide shots where the actors just kind of interact with the set and interact with each other. These long takes Mm -hmm. and it's very sort of like realist in its approach. And uh, yeah, I feel like you could have chopped a lot of that out and we still would have gotten the same feeling. I I do kind of like some of it, specifically like when you get to the wedding scenes and you have like blurry foreground figures are kind of coming in and out of the frame while you see like De Niro hanging out by the bar. Yeah. I like that. That's that's a cool little separation technique, you know, I dig that. But um yeah, I don't know. What did, what did you think about the length? <laughs>
0: uh the length did start to become a problem for me especially that first hour i found was very hard to to get through like i wrote down in my notes the first act in the deer hunter is basically all of the shire scenes from the first hobbit movie except with that <laughs> except for, like they're in the they're in the shire for so long and i'm just yeah. thinking like can we get to the adventure in the hobbit and this one I'm like can we can we please just get to the russian roulette just just dear god can we just i'm tired of this which but again it's not to say that things aren't interesting like i definitely feel like i got to know the characters you know you get to you understand who everyone is you know saying de niro's my like i knew all the characters names sometimes like the fuck if i knew all the dwarfs names i don't give a shit about the dwarfs anymore but I, i care about all these people even shitty uh uh uh, Stanley John Fred, Fredo,
1: <laughs> Fredo. Just, I just he's he's always Shelby Fredo, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, what's, but, yeah, what's his but, name? Michael? Was, uh, no, John John Cazale. I think John is his... Cazale. Yeah, John Cazale.
0: And this he, was his, this was his last role. He was he died of lung cancer.
1: He was dying of cancer while they filmed this movie.
0: Yeah, and it kind of does show. He looks even more emaciated than normal. You know, you could, but it does. You do get a sense of a lot of the character relationships in this, the friendships, and like okay, De Niro clearly like the leader of this pack. Christopher Walken is his best friend, and you have know, De Niro even at one point says that you know if it weren't for you, I wouldn't be wouldn't be going, and like it, these other guys don't matter; they're just hangers on. And it's like you and me, we the where the where the soul of this friendship, and also the soul of this. This movie for for all that, but you, know, you could have cut out so goddamn much of this, and it still would have had the same if not a, if not a better effect because now you're because uh, now you're just you're speeding things along. The pace is better. People aren't getting bored. Like I've seen a lot of weddings. Maybe I haven't seen a lot of Russian Orthodox weddings, but I am kind of over it before it even begins because I just want them to get to Vietnam. This is like I know this is a Vietnam movie going in. Surprisingly, not a lot of Vietnam in this.
1: Yeah, I, and I get it. I mean, it's it's you know, certain people love these kind of movies that are like to feel like you're actually transported to a place. And the it seems like Samino's sort of uh, idea for this beginning is like to literally transport you and have you, you know, the camera, you know, is like. Is like a character. Like you are almost a character in the beginning because you're so entrenched in what's happening, you know. Yeah. And I I understand that, but um, yeah. It just it just did not ring for me. And I'm I'm with you. the The second act is so good, and the third so. act is so good, and the first is just. And maybe you know what? I mean, it's you, you and I can't say this. Maybe if the first act. <laughs> Didn't do what it did, the second and third act wouldn't have been as powerful. I don't believe that I know there's no way of knowing that, but i I don't right. believe that I don't believe the first act is making the other two but right and you know for for the audience it, we're really not skipping over anything <laughs> it's <laughs> it's really just this for an hour
0: it it, it really is the and like and there's some moments that I like like the wedding i think was just hilarious. A, there's this green beret who just walks into this bar where there's clearly a wedding happening and he just sits down and has a drink. Like first oh. rude, second such a such a just a very writerly plot device like this would this would not happen. And most of all, i was i was thinking about it, I'm like this is a movie that could only be made in the 70s because John Cazale's Stanley character, he just walks up and he Cold Cox, his girlfriend yeah, he does. in the middle of a wedding, and everyone is okay with it. Nobody
1: even, the, even yeah, even the girl is okay with it.
0: Yeah, it's like, like, oh my god, if this movie was made to date like Jezebel and Exo Jane, I think they would just like explode the, yeah, the, would,
1: like, their servers. Yeah, their servers would just blow up.
0: Yeah, and they would they would they would say it's the worst thing to happen in a movie, and this is a movie where people are forced to play a game where they could possibly die like on a constant basis yes yes it's 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 crazy and i also i was so confused in the in this first hour by the relationship between michael and meryl streep's character yes was like what like what what is going on because i couldn't
1: i couldn't figure out between michael robert de niro's character uh nick christopher walken's character and meryl streep and I have like you know hazy memories of this, and I was like, are are like are 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 Meryl Streep and Christopher Walken brother and sister, or or, yeah, or are they got... an item? And and they're they're romantically involved, right?
0: Right, like I see them. I see them kiss each other, and I'm like, okay, but like maybe it's like it's I don't know, it's a 70's yeah. steel town. Like maybe that's how they do things. I know,
1: oh, there's but, there's a lot of kissing in this movie, a lot of yeah. touching and a lot of kissing. It's very interesting. It's uh, it's,
0: it was it was just just weird. And so when it, it came when it came to the post Vietnam stuff, and Michael comes back, and Meryl Streep's like hanging off of him, it just, I was like, I'm still confused by this. It kind of makes sense because they start, start start sorting things out, and obviously Christopher Walken is not there. That, uh, but just little just little things like that. You could have touched that up. You could have taken out one of the two song montage you know, song montages they had of the same song. Uh, yeah, which now I now escapes me. The guys are singing, it and then the, the wedding DJ. Oh, singing.
1: they're um uh, oh, the song uh, "Can't Take My Eyes Off You"? I believe.
0: Yes. Yes. Can't take my eyes off you. The Charells or whoever it was. I don't yeah, know. who knows?
1: A lot of lot of popular music from the era, though. Um, I I kind of forgot about that. How like there's a, um, this you know you know what this reminds me of is um, an, uh, the the way the sound worked is like it reminds me of an Altman film where yeah. he he like kind of it, it seems like Samino' was like purposefully making it difficult for you to hear what the characters are saying in certain scenes. I had to turn on <laughs> sure. the subtitles about, about, I don't know, 35 minutes into the movie. I'm just like, I can either crank this all the way up and like, you know, wake my kid up who's trying to sleep mm-hmm. or I can just put the subtitle on. <laughs> so that's, that's what I did. But yeah, no, it, it reminded me a lot of like, uh, of, of Altman and the way he uses sound and stuff. And I don't know if that's just bad mixing or if that was an intentional thing. I, I, I did not get a beat on that either way. Mm.
0: That, that reminds me that I need to see Mash again.
1: Really, another another great war
0: movie, uh, directed by Robert Altman. Oh, yeah, but yeah, but yeah, the, uh, the the sound, and it got and it got an award for sound mixing, uh, which I which I also was kind of thinking. Yeah, there were scenes, there were moments when this, I I I too felt the same way. I didn't. I had to rewind a bit and try and piece together what people were saying. So, but it definitely had that feel of there's a purpose to this this isn't people being lazy or bad at their job this people being very good at their jobs and making a deliberate choice to obfuscate the point of a particular scene i i guess it was to like uh, like you say to because you're more of a the camera and therefore the audience is more of a character like thoroughly entrenched in this you might not hear everything in a crowded room when the dj uh the wedding dj says you know starts speaking you're further back so you don't hear him as well it's interesting but kind of off-putting at the same time so there's that
1: it's 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 always frustrating to me and i mean full disclosure i do not like realist cinema at all (laughs) if i want to watch somebody like make coffee for 30 minutes i will go sit in a starbucks and watch somebody make coffee I i don't need to waste my time seeing it in film uh so to me it's like well you had these actors acting, and you had people recording them, and now you want to bury all this stuff so we can't hear it. That's just frustrating to me. And you know, part of that is because I'm a, I'm an industry person, I guess, and I don't know. I just, it's just like really, it just really grinds my gears, I guess. Is what I'm saying, but yeah, I, I don't know. But I mean, do you want it, do You want to fast track it to Nom? I yeah. mean, let,
0: let let's let's get to Nom because Lord knows the movie, like it literally does, just like slam cuts to vietnam and it doesn't it doesn't really give you any any context for what happens you see them reunite after de niro takes down a, a Viet Cong with a flamethrower i completely uh, forgot about that which i was scene. like oh my god jesus and that looking i feel like i feel like samino who would later go on and do some ridiculous shit with heaven's gate and bankrupt united artists because yeah. of it He may, he may have actually burned a dude like, just, like, I think one of the famous stories is that he, like, for Heaven's Gate, he imported in, like, special cows that were the specific type, but you couldn't even see in the shot because the camera was so far away. Or just some some ridiculous, oh, like, he was, he was a ridiculous perfectionist, apparently. And so I'm like, yeah, you probably burned somebody just because. Yeah. And that's a real flamethrower. It's, it's fine, but... Then you know, so they, the the our three characters meet up, and then suddenly they're captured, and that's when the movie really starts for me. This is when they are just there, they are in a small Viet Cong prison camp, and they are being forced by uh, sadistic, you know, members of the Viet Cong army to play Russian Roulette against one another. And Greg, for the audience who may be listening, what exactly is Russian Roulette?
1: Well, Russian Roulette is uh, you take a revolver, uh, which uh, is a gun with six chambers in in a cylinder. You put one bullet in the cylinder. You spin it, slam it closed, and then you and whoever you're playing with, because you you really can't do this by yourself, I guess, unless you really want to lose... You take turns putting the gun to your head and pulling the trigger. And the, the roulette part is you do not know which chamber the bullet went in. And as you pull the trigger, it will fire whatever uh, chamber is lined up with the barrel of the gun and also advance it. So every, every time you pull it, you're, you're, you have a new chamber that may or may not be empty. Now, also, yes. I, I do want to say there were no recorded cases in Vietnam of people playing Russian roulette for money. This is a yes. totally made-up concept for this film.
0: Yeah, which uh, I, I read that too, and I am fine with that. I don't – I think it's more of a – it's not necessarily – this is definitely not meant to be a factual portrayal of the Vietnam. It's uh, more a meditation on, I think, the – randomness of violence and how that can affect your entire life you can either rise above it like say robert de niro does or succumb to it as christopher walken does
1: but a hundred hundred percent the 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 vietnam is supposed to be is is a is the the russian roulette is the symbol of vietnam the the useless sudden violence that can strike at any time and and, and all that yeah you're 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 dead on with that yeah
0: and uh, I think even it's been almost 40 years that these these scenes are still really well done and just very harrowing to watch. Like I knew, because you always know like somebody is going to die in this. Uh, it, it's it's yeah. just oh my, it was difficult. Like I knew that, okay, I, I, I pretty, I'm pretty sure I remember this guy dying and this one, but you're just like, this is like you feel because of the way that things are shot that you're there at the table perhaps you're squaring off against Christopher Walken or Robert De Niro and it's just it's it's tough it's really tough to watch
1: i know how the movie is going to pan out and i still get like really tense watching these yeah. yeah they're the 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 special effects when people wind up shooting themselves in the head are a little uh, a little lame but uh yeah it is it is a rough go uh, it really is. And it's, I mean, it's, it's fantastic. It's absolutely oh, yeah. fantastic, but yeah, it's hard to watch even, right. even now. And, and again, like I, I wonder if they'd be able to do the scenes the way they do them now. I I, I, don't, I, I don't think know. you could, I, I, I don't think you could. I think if you, let's say you, you wanted to update it, right. And you're like, oh, we're going to do it in the, the Middle East. It'll be one of the many conflicts we've had in the middle east i think you'd get people now that are like no this never happened you're portraying these people in a in a light that's uh that that never happened and you're just a racist and you know because this this movie i I don't think it came under fire when it came out but it has since drawn a lot of ire for portraying um the the vietnamese people in such a negative light um i guess in relation to things that that were never documented um yeah, I don't. I don't. I uh, again. I I think this was a very sort of seventies time capsule thing that you just you'd never be able to get away with now. No, definitely not. And that's I. That's what. And that's what makes it.
0: I still think an important thing, at least on a technical level, of being like, okay, maybe as an example of the things we have lost and can no longer do because of this or that or the other thing because of the new studio culture, et cetera, et cetera. But so, like, so watch, so watching this because I. There's a lot of violence on TV and in movies these days, and I think we have become, we've definitely become desensitized to a lot of it. But when even I am flinching at the sight of like, like you say the you say the the effects on the like the the, the blood capsules are kind of lame. I thought they were terrifying. I was like, oh my god, like they, like you know, I uh, think uh, one of the Vietnamese guys that they're playing against he like shoots himself in the head and just like spurts out and then it like covers half his face and you're so oh, jesus christ this is this is nuts and like i have i've never seen a man shoot his shoot his head open before and i have no <laughs> idea how it's supposed to look but that it, it felt sickening and just just mind-bendingly awful to me
1: yeah well now. full disclosure i've never seen anyone be shot in any capacity um, but, uh, to me, the, the, the most like terrifying things in those are the, uh, the clicks, the empty, the empty cylinder that, that when you hear that click, yeah. that, that to me is just like, it's so, it should be a relief, but it's not. It's cause you just, you know, oh, now it's going to go to, an, it's going to go back to the other person. That's right. It's and every, so time, and every time
0: you, the chances increase. Right. Yeah. I, I I will, I, will, I was a little bit confused uh, 'cause during the during the vietnam because there there are multiple russian roulette scenes there are, like there's it it pops up time and time again even back home when uh michael returns that uh but but during the last scene uh the the the, the final the final the final montage final uh, showdown they they respin it every single time
1: and don 't they were they is, were they adding bullets to it or were, or was he was he taking the bullet out putting it back in spinning it and and closing it
0: I, I think he was taking the bullet out and putting okay, it back okay. in Okay okay I couldn't I couldn't tell which I which to me just throws off the math and everything and I was just uh, just seems odd but yeah and and then at w- at one point in De Niro like in order in order to help facilitate the escape Michael says we're going to play with three bullets and they you know it's just him and Christopher Walken and him and Nick left and so now is, there's a 50% chance that one of them is not making it out of here. But luckily, spoiler alert to their uh wonderful surprise, they uh use that to shoot the Viet Cong and escape with their friends. In a very and and like a scene in which I think they absolutely they the actors totally floated down a river and they totally fell off a helicopter that was rescuing them.
1: Yeah, and when when I was watching this DVD, it, it screwed up, and it skipped the scenes from when they, uh, they, they made it to the log that they were floating down the river, and then it just, like, screwed up, and then Christopher Walken was in the hospital. And I was like, I'm pretty sure there's a scene missing here, and I had to explain it to my wife. <laughs> yeah, but
0: that does bring up a good point. This movie... Is- It's a lot of some of the connective tissue is really only thematic in nature. Like you go from the wedding from the first hunt to Vietnam and then uh, Christopher Walken gets rescued. Michael drops off his friend Stephen on the top of a car. But then Stephen somehow makes it home as well. Like it just like it jumps around. It is so very chapter like. Yeah. that it's a it's like i guess I guess for me in modern audio way modern movies make are made it just things feel more a little more connected nowadays, but yeah. uh wasn 't necessarily the case with this one it was uh it was just it it just had a different flow and feeling to it, which goes back to the editing like i i i want to say there was it feels like there's stuff missing, but I bet there was nothing even shot, and that 's the way everything was in the script.
1: Yeah, I actually read I I read a couple articles about this and they said that you you pretty much they didn't change anything from the script. It's basically what was on the page is what is on the screen. Okay. okay. So, yeah, that that backs up your theory. Um yeah, and it and it's jarring because you you had this realist approach where like you you literally saw everything in the first hour. And I'm 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 assuming it's like a juxtaposition to to you know go with how Vietnam is confusing and terrifying and it's you know and now all of a sudden like it's just jumping around like crazy
0: just all over the place yeah it's, just, it's, it's Michael's it's, back it's, home uh, then he's back in Saigon and it's
1: uh, yeah yeah so he yeah he goes home and uh, well the only person that we see go home is is De Niro we see him right and and the way they do it is Christopher Walken well we're we're skipping christopher walken he he discovers um that he's so good at russian roulette he turns pro and <laughs> does it for a living which is uh, seems like a real bad way to make a living in my opinion it's
0: certainly an, it's uh an almost guaranteed way to make a make a dying though mm. that's for sure yeah I, f- I feel like uh i feel like uh you know on the on the russian roulette circuit there are no uh there are no old russian roulette uh players they uh they all die young. I would agree. I'd definitely say, what must what must the pitch be like? Ah, hey buddy, you you're really you're really good with that six shooter. Have I got a deal for you?
1: Yeah, I. Do you think they have like trading cards and like like rookie of the year? I was I, I was totally I was yeah I want those I want to track down some of those like cards.
0: A, a uh, uh, Nick rookie of the year would be pretty good. He's he was doing that for months and months. Like,
1: yeah, what's you, the you? longest streak? Is it Nick? I, if
0: it, 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 possibly, I don't know. I don't know. Or is it all of us? Are we just facing death every day, and we just don't know it? Could be. <sighs> ooh, ooh! I think I think that's a theme right there. <laughs> but okay, De Niro, De Niro comes back. He tries well, to re-
1: reintegrate with his. Oh, sorry. I was just going to say he he sees Christopher Walken. Um. Oh right. And he he tries to grab him and and bring him back with him to come back to America. And Christopher Walken decides to go off with this this Frenchman who's like, "Oh yeah, you can play Russian roulette professionally." And that's that's kind of the last he sees of of Christopher Walken. And right. then, yeah, it just it, again, it's like a smash cut. It's like, and then all of a sudden, they're back in the steel town, and De Niro's in a cab, like going going back to this town. Now, I have a question for you. Okay. Um, Christopher Walken lives in like a sort of like a trailer, and Meryl Streep asked if she could stay there while he was gone. Yes. Does De Niro not have an apartment or a place to live? Good point. It, like we or we're, or we, we we're... never see it, and he he's yeah he's having trouble integrating in the society. So they say he tells the cabby like no 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 just keep going just keep going don't stop just keep going, and he has him bring him to a hotel. And it's like, right. well, where did he not have a place to live in the town that he was living in and working in? Like, right. where's all his stuff? Right. Were maybe
0: Nick and Michael were roommates or
1: something? Maybe that could, that, that could be a possible because it it, it did it did almost feel like he lived in the trailer too. But I don't. I guess I guess I guess it wasn't really confirmed or denied i guess i don't know it's
0: another one of those things that i don't think is germane to the plot but you know would be nice to know about it because i think things might make a touch more sense you know it's not i don't think it's really necessarily a movie about plot it's a movie about the emotions of the characters it's like it's one of those kind of things yeah but uh, so De Niro, so De Niro comes back, and by the way, De Niro is just—he's just—he's just great in this movie. I loved him. He was uh, she's a, hes a—he's—he's the kind of guy I'm like. You—you're the—you're the person I want with me in that POW camp, helping me escape and and whatnot. But uh, he comes back and he goes on another hunting trip where some shit goes down with John Cazale, and uh, he—I think De Niro finally accepts that. He is not he's not a lone wolf. He has a purpose, and that purpose is to get his friends back. Stephen is already uh, home. He's in a VA hospital, having lost both of his legs because he was in a he broke he broke his legs, and he was also in a uh, one of those horrible river cages that they stuck prisoners in in Vietnam. And then finally, De Niro returns to Saigon with a, an insane amount of money that I not entirely sure where he gets because i know the government doesn't pay all that much to veterans and basically buys his way into a final game of uh russian roulette against the american who is christopher walken
1: yeah i'm i'm convinced there's because there is that quick scene where um where steve in the va hospital is like oh hey uh you know, Mike, check this out. And he opens up a drawer and it's just full of hundred dollar bills. Oh. And he's all like right. he goes, I keep getting these from Saigon. I don't know where they're coming from. And he goes, Oh, it's it's you know, it's, it's Nick. It. So I'm I'm convinced like, he was just like, Ab's ah, gonna take all this money <laughs> just go to, <laughs> just go to Saigon and try to try to get him back with all this cash. You have you have a wife, but
0: you know, and you can't work, but you know, I I need this to to go rescue our friends. Yeah. Uh, what do you th- what are your thoughts on that on that last scene on the the De Niro walk walking scene? It's
1: phenomenal. It is such a good scene. It it is it is it's it's difficult for for people. I think even like our age to really remember that Christopher Walken was like a hell of an actor. Yeah, and he, he was it, also in Annie Hall the year before. That's right. That's right. He was hilarious in that. Yeah. But he you know he kind of became kind of like actually like like Robert De Niro. He became like a caricature of himself. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? And yeah. and you know kind of like 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 Nick Cage has become now. <laughs> like it's kind of <laughs> just like oh yeah, he's just he's just crazy and he's always going to be a crazy like weird dude in every movie he's in and it's like, well, you know, like watch The Deer Hunter. This guy has like real range and he's like really good at at being, you know, a super great actor. And it the the that that line the the classic line where he's trying to trying to get nick to remember him de niro's mm-hmm. trying to get nick to remember and he's he has no idea who de niro even is and he's like Do you remember he's like oh you remember don't you remember you remember the trees and then he's like one shot Sorry. and he's like yeah one shot one shot and then he he you know he puts the gun up to his head pulls the trigger and of course the gun goes off and kills Christopher Walken and De Niro just loses his mind. But that's that is such God. a good scene. It's so good.
0: It's uh it's it's fantastic. And I I will admit I think I saw the parody scene in high school high with John Lovitz <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know <laughs> before I saw this. So I, so I was entire, like, what is happening? This isn't dim sum. Dim sum is, is Chinese food and little, but like, what? And I go, Oh, that's the deer hunter. Like, Oh, okay. But yeah. yeah. It's a, uh, it's one of the most, uh, just heartbreaking scenes in a, uh, in a, in a movie. I think it's just, it's just so powerful. And Christopher Walken is just so like, he, he, like the realization on his face that like he remembers Michael and then just to have the light robbed from him. Uh, it's, it's, it's it's really powerful stuff. And I, like, I knew it was coming and Even I just like was holding my, holding my chest and uh, just like devastated by it. Uh,
1: so, yeah. yeah. Again, I know, you know, I know, I know where it's going and it still hits like a freight train. It is right. a really powerful scene. Yeah. And, and
0: this is a sign of a good movie. I yeah. Think. Oh, no, great. Every, we know every beat, or most every beat, and it still can affect you. That that means something has happened and the film; has taken hold.
1: Yeah, yeah. no, it's 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 great. You can see why this was such a such an important movie for when it came out. Um, you know, just everything about it is so these these the scenes that stand out are just such standout. Scenes like they're right. so so, they hit so hard that it, it it's just I don't know if it I don't want to say it makes up for the first half, but it just like it once the movie gets going, it kind of doesn't stop. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
0: So, Greg, uh, we I believe we're running low on time here. I will ask I uh, have two questions. First question: Did the Academy make the right choice? Second question rad or not rad
1: (laughs) well um uh i can i'm going to answer the the second question first which is there no this is not a rad film (laughs) (laughs) um it's you know i'm i'm very specific in what i consider rad which is um uh like uh for instance my favorite movies of of the 80s are not rad you know like like uh like platoon or amadeus. You know, like those those aren't rad. They're just amazing movies that are, you know, critically acclaimed and and important and and great and hold up. And so, no, this film is not rad. I got to say though, out of all the movies that were nominated, I think I think they picked the best one. Okay. Yeah. What do you what do you think?
0: I would definitely say this movie is uh this movie's fantastic uh i have seen a few of the other films like heaven can wait and coming home and coming coming home is a is a great movie and you definitely um it definitely deserves to be in the conversation but the deer hunter uh despite that shaky first uh first act is extremely powerful even even today and it's does have that timeless quality because it yes it's a vietnam movie but it's really more about the soldier's personal experience in war and the the hell of violence and the the, the randomness yeah. of 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 it all that it it can be uh i think it's it could be relatable to people you know both on the home front and coming home from uh from the battlefield even today and it's uh they definitely I definitely think they made the right decision in doing this. Which is not to say... what uh, I believe there is a little bit of a backlash against this movie because Heaven's Gate is really bad. At least I have not actually seen it. But uh, it's the movie that... It's Michael Camino, Cimino's follow-up. He was given a lot of money and it made no money and it basically bankrupted United Artists uh, for this. And people have been calling shenanigans on Deer Hunter saying it's not as good because Heaven's Gate is really bad apparently.
1: Yeah, a lot of people like, you know, it's, it's sort of the separating the artist from the art and people I think even now with everything else have a hard time not letting future uh, endeavors sort of cloud the past, if if that makes any sense, where, you know, you, you make a movie that bad, it should have no bearing on the deer hunter. Like, it's still an amazing movie even if he made crap afterwards. Right. It's it's okay. There it's like um who's the director who made uh Donnie Darko? Oh, I'm blanking on his name.
0: Richard
1: I forget. Yes. But he but like that movie was so great and everything else he did after that yeah was not even close. <laughs> and you know there there are a few people who have done that where it's like wow, their first work is amazing. And then they make more stuff, and you're like, oh, no, 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 no. This person's terrible. Well, don't let it cloud your enjoyment. You know, you still enjoyed that that other thing, and that's, that's cool. That's totally just, cool. Just let it go, man. It's all right. But it's cool. It's cool.
0: <laughs> but, uh, okay, so that that is that, folks. It is – the deer hunter uh, is absolutely worth your three hours of time. We will give that. And it's uh, – that was – that was a deer hunter. Let's look ahead to what we're doing next week. So, here on Oscar Watch, if you are unfamiliar with how we determine the next movie we are going to watch, we roll 2d10 of Dungeons and Dragons and whatever the number is, assuming it's uh you know, below 88 or you know, below 88, we will watch that movie. So, Greg, I believe you have 2d20 uh 2d10 waiting for us. So, if you will.
1: All right, here we go. See here we get eighty-five.
0: Eighty-five. Ooh. That is the 2012 Best Picture Winner, Argo. That is the most uh Ooh, that's a... the most most recent film yeah. that we have uh we have talked about. Thankfully, also very easy to obtain.
1: So awesome. <laughs> Unlike the Deer Hunter, which <laughs> It's not available online in any form, legally anyway.
0: Criterion, could you at least release – like, please, they're the best picture winners. Can we have them available for us?
1: Thank yeah, you. No, it, yeah, but, it, blew, it blew my mind. I was like, I, I can't pay to rent it on Amazon. Um, You know, Netflix, Hulu, none, none of them had it. No, I, really? Luckily, the the um. <laughs> luckily, I found it at a library. <laughs> like That's how I had to track it down.
0: Libraries, folks, they're still relevant. Like, not only books, they have movies as well. So, um, Greg, you want to stick around for uh, for Argo next week, unless uh, something else comes up?
1: Uh, yeah, I, which is great. I haven't even seen Argo, so that'd be fantastic. Oh. Give me an excuse to watch it. Okay, I remember Argo being pretty uh, pretty good, directed by Ben Affleck.
0: Crazy. Oh my, he directed an Academy Award. Uh, did he win Best Director? He might have won Best Director too. But yeah, so this has been Oscar Watch. Little House. Uh, a little house cleaning you can find it if you like to uh, what you're here you can send us an email at oscarwatchpodcast podcast at com. you can find us on facebook twitter at oscarwatchpod, instagram oscarwatchpod, watch pod and we're on social medias soundcloud itunes google play all that good stuff greg where can people find you
1: uh you can find me if you basically just google this was rad or this was rad dot podbean dot com this was rad on facebook twitter instagram um you know and as always review this and this was rad uh on itunes we that we would love love steve and i both would love more itunes reviews (laughs) so but uh yeah
0: little podcast people
1: yeah every every little bit helps tell your friends and and all that good stuff this has been uh episode
0: eight of oscar watch greg thank you so much for coming in filling in i enjoyed having a conversation with you I have missed you, dear buddy. It feels, feels like it has been too long. And I will see you again next week for Argo. All right, man. I can't wait. I can't wait either. Take care, everyone. See you at the movies.